Good morning and welcome to worship here at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church on this joyous and celebratory day where obviously somebody else is in charge. Um, Youth Sunday is one of the most beloved uh, worship services that we have all year. It is an expression of uh, God's faithfulness and your baptismal vows from generation to generation. So I'm going to have a few quick announcements and then I'm going to get out of the way. Um, first, take note that these beautiful flowers are here in memory of Lauren Korch's uh, mother, Nancy um, Byers, and we are grateful um, that they're here with us today. Also, a special thank you to Margot Richardson. It's not easy to do youth ministry in the middle of a global pandemic. She is on her second year, and we're so grateful for her pastoral ministry among our youth and our families and, and our adults. So, Margot, thank you for what this represents here today. Uh, we are all very grateful. I can't, <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a better day for uh, our entire congregation to gather for our stated annual congregational meeting. Uh, it will be immediately after our worship service today. The youth will go celebrate and have a lunch in the fellowship hall. And I imagine that our meeting today will take around 30 minutes, maybe 40. Uh, you will hear a lot of exciting news about what's happening here at Selwyn. And you will also be presented with a slate of nominees for our class of 2025 elders. So it's an important meeting and one that we hope you'll stick around for. Um, immediately after that, um, as part of our Th Thriving Congregations Initiative, anybody who is waiting on a youth or wants to stay for another um, listening session, uh, we, that group, Thriving Congregations, wants to hear about you and what your interests are and what your passions are and how they might align with this congregation. So that will happen after our congregational meeting from 11.45 to 12.30. Um, if you're a youth parent and you haven't signed your youth up for trips, that really needs to happen this week. That's Appalachian Service Project and Montreat Youth Conference this summer. And um, everybody, I hope to see you on Wednesday. It is the beginning of Lent, believe it or not. Ash Wednesday, we have a simple meal at 5.30, and then worship will be about 45 minutes, and that begins at 6.15. At the very end of our worship today, we're only singing three verses of the hymn, one, three, and five. And last but not least, uh, for those of you that haven't heard, Richard, uh, Margot uh, is getting married next weekend to a really nice guy named Steve Fraga. I hope you guys have met him. And Margot, um, we're not going to bother you for two weeks, but we are going to pray for you. So Lisa's going to stand up and offer a prayer for you and Steve. And we don't want you to think about us. Uh, we want you just to enjoy your time away. And we're so excited for you both. Let us all pray together. Gracious God, Steve and Margot are just days away from entering into the covenant of marriage, a sacred promise. We thank you for the love that they have already shared. We ask that you bless them as they begin a new chapter in their lives together. May the wedding weekend provide a lifetime of joy-filled memories, but more importantly, give them a lifetime of grace for each other, patience, forgiveness, courage, vulnerability, love, and persistence as they join their lives together. May they live and work together for your glory 
and for the good of all of your people. Amen. Thank you, Lisa. A bit about these things. Uh, thank you all for being in the sanctuary. If you've noticed, in the back of the sanctuary, we have um, space blocked off for those of you who would like to maintain social distance and keep your masks on. Uh, everybody else who's sitting anywhere else, some of you have masks on and some of you don't. We're going to figure this out together, and if we get news that we have to adjust our ways, we will. But for now, masks are optional, but please honor folks that are sitting in the section with masks. There's a reason they're there. And now uh, I'd like to invite someone up for the minute for mission. Who is that? Here they come. Hello, my name is Millie. Hi, my name is Greer, and we are both in eighth grade. Today we are here to talk to you about some of the amazing opportunities the youth have planned for this summer. Each summer, our youth group spends three weeks attending various summer conferences and mission projects. This summer, for the week of June 12th to June 18th, all rising ninth graders to graduated seniors are welcome to join us on the Appalachian Service Project. The Appalachian Service Project does amazing work to make homes warmer, safer, and drier in 25 different counties across five states that border the Appalachian Mountains. Another exciting trip coming up is Montreat. Montreat is also for rising ninth graders to graduated 12th graders and is the week of July 10th to July 16th. Some of the youth will tell you it is the best week of the year and so we highly encourage all high schoolers to register. This year we have a new trip scheduled for our rising 6th through 8th graders. The Massanetta Middle School Conference from June 21st to June 24th. Massanetta is like a mini Montreat for four days. Youth participate in conference activities like keynote, recreation, encounter groups, and workshops that are centered on the theme of the summer. These summer trips are definitely something to look forward to. I hope you will all consider attending. We still have spots for all three trips and need adult leaders to join the fun. If you are considering one of these trips, please let Margo know soon. This is going to be a great summer. Thank you.
Will you please rise as you are able, in body or in spirit, and join me into the call of worship. The heavens shout of God's glory. Day by day, we are reminded of God's creative love. Come, let us praise God of creation.
We come before God, not as despised sinners, but as beloved children. With the confidence of children of God, let us humbly confess our sin. Loving God, you call to us your merciful, gracious love, freely given, without expectations or strings attached. While we are eager to experience your mercy and grace in our own lives, we are quick to make the extension of your mercy and grace conditional for others. We would rather show mercy to those we judge worthy. We would rather extend grace to those who will show us grace in return. We would rather love those who are easiest to love. Forgive us, redeeming God. Transform our hearts with your amazing grace and unconditional love that our relationships are transformed as we extend your mercy and grace as an expression of our gratitude for your saving love we know in Jesus Christ. Amen. I will sing about the wonders of your love forever, O God. I will proclaim, you, proclaim your faithfulness to everyone I meet, young and old. For your merciful love lasts forever, as constant as the heavens above. Blessed are those who trust in you, who walk in the light of your presence. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. At this time, we would like to invite all children to come up and join us. Have you ever received a present? I have some little gifts here, and maybe you'd like to help me see what's inside. This one has colored string. That doesn't really seem too interesting, does it? Well, this one has colored beads in it. They're beautiful, but I'm not sure what I should do with them. How about this one? It's a piece of paper that says friendship. What are we supposed to do with these things? 
Well, I guess each one of these little things may not seem very thrilling by itself, huh? But think about it. If we brought these items all together, we could make a bracelet or a necklace. Did you know that the church is like this? The Bible tells us that we are a body as a church, as a team. We all have different talents and abilities, just like a body has different parts that do unique and important jobs. You wouldn't expect your body to function as well if you had a broken leg, would you? On our own, we can't do everything. But if we are willing to use our gifts and talents for God, God will bless them and allow the church to work together. God has a plan for us. God knows what is best and how to use us in unique ways. God gives us what we need. Some people are good at teaching, some are good at speaking or organizing, or listening well to those in need. Each of us has something to share. We can share and give back to God in the church. When we do that, the body of Christ can serve other people and do beautiful things. We hope that you will make a friendship bracelet today and share it with someone and tell them that you love them just the way they are. Let's pray. Repeat after me. Dear God, Thank you for giving us friends who make us better. Thank you for loving us even when we make mistakes. Thank you for our church family. Amen. You can now return to sit with your family or sit with Nancy in the first row. But we do have some bracelets. Our scripture reading comes from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure, measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we may have many members, not all the members have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one, one of another. We have gifts that differ accordingly, according to the grace given to us prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Good morning, Selwyn. My name is Maggie Thrasher and I'm currently a senior at Myers Park High School, and I'm really excited to be standing up here today. Um, if you don't know me, I have been a lifelong member at Selwyn. Um, Selwyn is very much a family place for me. Um, my grandparents, Bobby and Hank, attend here. 
My mom, Marsha, and my Aunt Laura were baptized here. My parents, Marsha and Drew, were married here. Um, and my two brothers, Drayton, Hank, and I were all baptized and confirmed here as well. And aside from my immediate family's history here, the congregation has been my family for my whole life as well. Personally, I've been really involved in youth group here over the years, and I've really enjoyed going on trips, service projects, and just coming to hang out with my friends on Sunday nights. I've participated in Youth Sunday ever since I could, so it's really special that I'm getting to do a senior sermon today. Our scripture used today, Romans 12, 1 to 8, is one of my favorites. I often hear it unpacked in sermons focusing on the line, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Christians really love to unpack living sacrifice. What does it mean and how do we do that? However, today I wanna to focus on the last four lines of our scripture. For as, for as in one body, we have many members and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry and ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. One body, many members, not the same function, one body, members of another, gifts that differ. I don't know about all of you, but I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to get memories on my phone um, that say like one year ago today or two years ago today, and it's like pictures from then. And I really can't help but reminisce on how different our life was back in those photos. Two years ago today, I was just sitting in my sophomore year history class while my, probably not paying attention, while my um, history teacher was like, hey, have you guys heard of this coronavirus thing? One year ago today, I was actually on my last day of my 14-day quarantine in my room after getting that coronavirus thing. <laughs> and I know that everyone has faced and suffered so many challenges, big and small, during these two years. But here I am today, a senior, finished applying to colleges and having to make some big decisions that I wasn't even thinking about in that two years ago today memory. It's really crazy. Thinking about this strange timeline of my teenage years and reflecting on this morning's scripture really got me thinking on how I feel that one of the biggest outcomes of the past two years' events is some serious division within our society. Now, I am someone who hates conflict. I'm a people pleaser, and I get really awkward in confrontational situations and any sort of conflict makes me super uncomfortable. Um, so this division in society has something that's been really noticeable to me personally. Sometimes it feels that everyone is so caught up on who agrees with who and who is on what side of an issue. There is a lot of judgment in what people are thinking and what people are comfortable and uncomfortable with. Um, news outlets constantly calling people out, social media playing a big role as well. And this is why I think today's scripture is a really important reminder for us today and really every day. One body, many members, not the same function. One body, 
members of another, gifts that differ. Here's an example. I have been really lucky to really have gotten to enjoy my senior year this year thoroughly. I have awesome friends and it's just been a whole lot of fun. One thing I've noticed about my senior class this year is that for the most part, everyone is a lot more friendly than it was in the past. At a school the size of Myers Park, um, friend groups really tend to stick together. And for my freshman and sophomore year, it was really cut and dry between who hung out with who and who talked to who. But this year it's different. It's almost as if being forced to spend a year apart gave us some like shared trauma. People that I don't run in the same crowd as will say what's up in the hallways. Different friend groups will hang out with other people and invitations to things are extended among a lot of other people. This is just something that I've noticed this year and personally it's been really fun and cool to see. Just as our scripture describes, my classmates all know that we aren't the same. We don't all like the same things. We don't all have the same friends. We don't all have the same talents. And we don't all have the same future plans. But we are all one body. We're Myers Park's senior class, and sometimes it feels that it took a year of separation for us to all realize that. Similar to us here today, we are all God's children. We are all members of God's kingdom, whether we think the same way or not. We're all the Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church congregation, whether we're different or we're not. Over this time of COVID, our culture has shifted quite a bit. We prioritize things, we prioritize different things and have different mindsets surrounding our daily activities. It feels as if we sometimes forget what it means to be a part of a diverse community. And something I've learned from being a lifelong multi-generational member at Selwyn um, is that it's important to be here and to be a part of a church family that has been so amazing to me for the past 18 years. What makes God's kingdom and this congregation so amazing is that we are all different. And sometimes I feel that we need that reminder that instead of focusing on our differences and the division in our society today, that we need to focus and remain thankful that we are all one body in Christ. One body, many members, not the same function. One body, many members, gifts that differ, differ. All God's kingdom. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Molly McGirt and I am a senior at Providence High School. Um, I've been coming to this church ever since I was a child and it's always just been a second home for me and it's such an honor to be standing here today. So connection with those in my community has been exceptionally important here at Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church as well as outside of our church. This church has presented to me an abundance of opportunities for me to connect with those my age, as well as some of our church elders. The Appalachia Service Project, in particular, was a bonding experience in which I was able to deepen my connection with those in my church youth group, as well as our crew leader, Mr. Roger Mills. ASP is an exceptional organization which aims at aiding our neighbors in need by repairing homes in West Virginia in order to make them warmer, safer, and drier. This particular house had a rundown roof in desperate need of repair, 
Um, and this required us to remove and replace the gutter on the first day. And then we cut and installed rafters on the second, third, and fourth days. And then we finished off the roof with plasterboard on the fifth and final day. Now, Romans 12, lines four through six, remind us that in one body, we have many members and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another and we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. These words became especially true with everyone's different talents on the work site. Every youth, and I mean every youth, possess their different talents um, on the work site, which made the completion of this project substantially smoother. Sarah Howard was very skilled with the jigsaw. <laughs> Elliot Jones precisely drilled in every nail to the roof, and Mr. Mills figured out the measurements and mathematics. These different abilities of our team remind us that we are connected as one body, but we cannot all carry out the same tasks. While we were working on installing the rafters to the roof, we had to install these hurricane clips in order to attach the rafters to the roof, and these are very difficult to install. This was one of the most important aspects of completing the roof, as there were groans of frustration coming from some of the workers. And although this was difficult for me in the beginning, I really began to get used to the feeling. Mr. Mills even gave me the nickname Hurricane Molly because of my calm, <laughs> because of my calm ways of tackling this challenging task. And this task was very important for me because um, sometimes we are faced with difficult tasks in order to see what we're really made of. Romans verse eight also reminds us not to think highly of ourselves than we ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Our group in particular had the most difficult of the three projects that week. Therefore, it took the most amount of time and effort to accomplish. Perhaps the most beautiful bonding experience from this trip was when the other groups came together to help us finish our, our home. Everyone came together with smiles beaming on their faces and true enthusiasm to complete God's work. I knew our work had been finished well after we placed the magical blue tarp over our completed project, and I felt this wave of satisfaction rushing through my body. These important reminders from the book of Romans reminded me that it was not the skills and mathematics that was the most important part in the repair of the roof, but rather the fellowship with our fellow disciples. And now we will sing verses one, three, and five of hymn 727. Thank you.
Let us now continue in prayer. Would you please pray with me? Gracious God, I thank you for the people gathered in this church today, for our Selwyn family, those who are near and those who are far. We thank you, O oh God, for another sunrise, preceded by a sunset that gave us all time to rest. This morning we wake with broken hearts. The sabers of war are rattling. Middle, militarism and violence are preferred means to our own greedy ends. Protect the innocent, holy God, caught between warring powers. Shelter the poor and the suffering. Heal the wounds within us that breed conflict and neglect the necessary work of peace. We pray for those who struggle to find rest and live in fear across our world. For Ukraine and all those who are displaced, terrified and grieving. God, we pray that your peace may be felt around the globe. We are amazed at your vast earth with its deepest oceans and loftiest peaks and with the starry heavens above. Hear our prayers for the earth and all of creation, for animals left outside without a home and for families affected by storms. We also pray this morning for the people who struggle with health issues, for those who are grieving, for people who need a friend or an encouraging word, for those who are experiencing homelessness, living without stable housing or employment. God, we ask that you work through us as your instruments of caring, that all your children may experience themselves as welcome and loved. All this we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. God calls us to be disciples and to be good stewards of the gifts that have been entrusted to us. While Caroline sings, please write a prayer of connection on the colored paper in your pew. After worship, we invite you to add your prayer to our chain on the church steps as an offering to God. Let us return to God the gifts of the earth and the offerings of our lives so that they might be used to bring abundant life to others.
dedicate our gifts to God. Let us pray. Holy God, each of us is a fragile miracle, evidence of God's creative hands and amazing grace. We are each unique. 
with unrepeatable gifts that we offer to the world. We are proof of God's love. Thank you, God, for providing us with this place of belonging. In response, we bring our own gifts to use in your church. As we do, we want to say how grateful we are to you. Amen. Friends, as you all go out into the world today, please remember that we are one body. Remember that we are all members one of another and belong to God's kingdom. Please take your differing gifts and answer your call to connect. wonderful worship service. Um, you get to go celebrate and eat in the fellowship hall, and all you all get to hang out. 
Hello? Oh. I always say they're the most powerful people in the room. Thank you all for staying, and thank you, ushers, for passing out our congregational reports. I think we have enough for one per family, and uh, I'd like to call this meeting to order in prayer. As the, I'm going to go ahead and pray. Let us pray. Holy God, who calls us to be the church and to celebrate your presence. Holy God, who calls us to live with respect in creation, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus, crucified and risen. We give thanks for this day of worship and for the display of the sacrament of baptism and for the many gifts and gracious uh, offerings by our youth. We do know we have been called as part of Christ's body, this particular Selwyn Avenue Presbyterian Church. And now you're gathering us in both body and spirit, in person and through technology. Together we give thanks for the blessing of this community, for our unity in Christ, and for your faithfulness through such uncertain and challenging times. In this moment, we strive to understand how you are calling us to be the church. As we meet and move within and among us, open our ears to hear your joyous laughter and your still small voice. Open our eyes to see the wonderful and surprising possibilities of your kingdom. Open our minds that we would know the true wisdom that you offer through our study together. Open our hearts to experience your abundant and overflowing love. And open our souls to see Christ in every friend and stranger. Amen. So as we begin this meeting, I will just say a few comments and then get out of the way. I'm pretty sure we have a quorum here. It's been a very long time since we've been able to gather in this sacred place without carrying a major dose of anxiety and stress. And I'm grateful and thankful to all of you. You have been tenacious and patient and kind to one another as we figure out what it means to be the church. I know that we will continue to navigate issues of health and safety, um, but to be led in worship and then to gather here today in celebration, it's no small thing. I've never been one uh, without words, but today the only word I can think of, honestly, uh, is gratitude. For the last two years, all of you all, and especially our, our staff in session, we have been laser-focused on stabilizing our church and providing worship and care to one another and our neighbors as best we can. Uh, I will take a moment of privilege to say that I think that you all have the best, you have had the best uh, church staff in all of Charlotte. Uh, Lisa McLennan, Margo Richardson, Ashley Anderson, Nancy Nutter, Tanya Moore, Steve Stevenson, Fred Spano, Gay Pappen, and Ivy Cherry uh, have been the best partners that I could have asked for over the last two years. Uh, most of the folks that I just named are part-time, and they've genuinely given uh, all they've had and, and even more, and um, no one imagined that it would be two years of scrambling, but it has been. Many of our new members, in most cases, have never experienced a fried chicken potluck. They have never experienced a full Selwyn Avenue uh, Christmas dinner in the middle of the fellowship hall. And most of them haven't been to a full-fledged Sunday school class. And yet, somehow, Selwyn has uh, welcomed them into our midst, and we'll continue to do that as we move ahead. 
it is clear to all, to me anyway, that you all love our church and you've been deeply committed. And so today is about making a shift. Last year, uh, we were focusing on surviving, and from this moment on, we are focusing on thriving. Our session has just, is about to complete an elder retreat where we've been thinking about and committing to the ways that we're going to do that, and we're here today to tell you and to invite you into that work together. Um, one of those ways is for you all to stick around and be a part of our listening sessions that we're offering right after this meeting, uh, and you can talk to Courtney McClellan about that if you're interested. Um, I think I'm going to stop talking and invite the planning group to go ahead and kick us off. And that might be Lou Waple. Good morning. Um, I have the pleasure of speaking for the planning group, but the planning group uh, consists of Janice Feynman, Feynman and Ed Thomas and Charlie Harris. Um, so real quick, because I don't want to take too much of our time and we have other folks talking today. Um, planning session or the planning group is trying to pick up the pieces from the last two years, right? Um, we've, as Lori has talked already, have spent the last two years just trying to kind of keep our heads down and hold things together. Not that things were falling apart necessarily, but we had a lot of uncertainty. And so we were just kind of holding on tight to see what was next, what was coming around the corner. Um, prior to that, you may recall that we had roots and wings, that we spent a tremendous amount of time figuring out where we wanted to go and how we wanted to do that. Uh, we were successful in that campaign. We had hope. We had energy. Um, and then, and we had success, ultimately, in Roots and Wings. Um, and then we had the pandemic. Right as we were ready to launch with our engaged leadership, um, our dedication to service both here and out, outside these walls, um, and a whole reorganization of our facilities. We were ready to go, um, and we had demonstrated our commitment to do so, and then we've been in this pause. And now we find ourselves in this position of remote membership, where we're kind of, and we're not different than anybody else, any other church or any other organization but we're just kind of stuck. We're stuck in the habit of being remote, and that's got a lot of inertia attached to it, and it's got us kind of not moving in a forward direction, and probably more than anything, not engaged. Engagement is two-way street. And so that's what planning is really focused on for the next year, and we're trying to slice the elephant and eat it a slice at a time, because <laughs> it's a big elephant. Um, and so what does that look like? As a team, planning team, small team, we're focused on how do we as a team organize? How do we model for the other groups how to, how to build a structure? How to have measurable goals? Little things seem kind of obvious, right? But they're not. 
when you step on session or when you lead, things that you may assume that are there may not be there. So we're trying to build that so that there is an engagement within a committee, there is an engagement within session, and then there will be an engagement with the community here in Selwyn with the hope that we bring back that energy and then turn it back outside. So that's, that's what planning is focused on doing. Um, some of the things that we're trying to employ or what we're looking to as far as trying to make that happen, we've got the structure. Um, we're looking at some of our smaller groups, right? We have some very successful groups that are currently engaging. Mission is very active and very engaged. Um, I personally have the privilege and honor to go every Friday to men's group. This is not a plug for men's group, but I can tell you that it's a fantastic organization where we're connected, not out of obligation, because just out of like desire to be with one another. And that's what it's about. And that's what we're here for, right? So we're looking at these groups and we're hoping that we can learn from them and then use these groups to energize the rest of us, right? To energize overall engagement. So those are some ideas of what we're doing as a planning team 2022. Appreciate your time. Am I next, Bill? Yeah, so the rest of this meeting, when we ask um, some of our elders to come forward and share with you, if you want the details of what happened last year, it's in your written report. Um, they, they will highlight something exciting and celebratory about last year or any concerns about last year, and then they're going to share with you their goals and their hopes around the issue of connection. If you see the youth banner behind you, it says called to connect and engagement, which is the, uh, what we're going to be talking about and, and focusing on this year. So with that, Lou, you can move right on in to add your administration report. Thank you, Lori. So I also have the opportunity um, to sit with the folks on the admin, administration team. Um, and we've had our heads down the last two years, but we're excited to report that we feel pretty good, right? We're not wondering what the next six months look like. We're not wondering what the next year looks like. We're, we're starting to pick our head up and look at the horizon and maybe even get our heads above the horizon. And there have been a lot of folks who've been working really hard um, to make that happen. I'm going to start with, I'm going to go in reverse order, um, property maintenance. Um, Kip Kiger has been heading that this year and has done a phenomenal job getting us organized. And that's the basic stuff, getting us organized, putting together a list of um, items that need our attention and not simply putting together the list, but actually giving us some understanding of what that might cost. Not that we necessarily will tackle each and every project this year or next, but so that we can plan and organize and make sure that we're ready when that comes. So thank you, Kip. And you've also seen some of Kip's dedication on the grounds, and that's in the report, and we appreciate his efforts. Um, you've had the planning report. You do personnel. You have the report um, that has been spearheaded this year and last by Bailey King. Um, and I appreciate his efforts over the last two years. It's been a challenge, right? And as you can see, um, we still have some, some positions that we may need to fill in the coming year. However, we are in a fantastic position. And Lori did a wonderful job of thanking everybody else that sits on her staff, but 
I've had the privilege to watch Lori energize us as leaders, energize our community, um, and, and just con with consistency, um, keep us focused and gathered through the storm. And I think we all would ask you to thank Lori for everything that she's done for us. Thank you. Um, I'm going to steal the thunder. I, I offered to allow JD um, and Ed to come up here, but they were too humble to come up here and accept <laughs> to accept this opportunity for your um, appreciation. But 2022, I always get my dates wrong. But 2021, we'll say the stewardship campaign. The results are for 2022 has been a wild success. We set a goal of $780,000. Technically, the deadline has passed, but we'll still take your pledges. <laughs> the goal passed it uh, February 15th, and when we hit that date, we are at $770,212 in pledges. <clears throat> hold on, hold, 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 hold. But, but over this past week and after the deadline passed, we've, we've inched along. People are still eager to get in on this party of <laughs> pledging. It's not too late. Um, we are now 773 change. Um, we are, we'll say conservatively, less than $7,500 away from our goal of $780,000. Lovingly, we chide Andy Johnston, who said, no matter which lever you pull, whichever way you go, it's going to be the same. And Andy's right. If you look historically, Selwyn, we don't change. But this year, we did, dramatically, more than $100,000. And so... That's why we're so hopeful. Because yes, we have some, some, some work to do with engagement, but we are committed to one another. We know this. And our stewardship campaign headed by Ed and JD, and then there are a lot of other folks lifting beneath the surface, each one of you probably in this room. So thank you all. We're moving in the right direction. So that's stewardship, I think, the last piece that we have is finance. And that's another little miracle on, uh, is it 34th Street, whichever one? Um, I don't want to steal all the thunder, but Emily Kincaid is going to come up here, and she has done a wonderful job of spearheading our, our finance team. Um, Emily, um, I'm sorry, Andy, John, Andy Sontag and um, Tom Moore have been um, spearheading us in, in finance and gotten us into the right spot both in the management of our money um, and, and collections. So I will turn it over to Emily, and I appreciate your time this morning. Oh, I hate a microphone. Hey, I'm usually loud enough without one. Um, so you know, 2021, I won't spend too much time on it, but 2021 was a year that we expected to be challenging, um, one that we knew we needed to sort of really look at, at our finances and how to stabilize those to position us um, on a go forward basis um, as stewards of, of this church and in our community. 
Um, so we, we budgeted to um, have expenses exceeding income, which is not exactly the way you want it to go, but it was kind of where we were, um, by about $47,000. Um, and through sort of everybody in this room, all of our staff, um, really being mindful about spending, you know, there were some things about COVID that reduced operating expenses. And then through the generation, uh, the generosity of the congregation who exceeded the giving budget by $15,000, we did end up coming in on budget. I mean, on, on, um, with, with income exceeding expenses by just a smidge, $807 if anybody's counting. Um, but we came in with a balanced budget this year, which was not what we expected and was really, really a gift and put us on the right track for this year. So um, with everybody's pledges, um, we are in a much better place. So last year, our pledge uh, budget was 690. Um, so the 773 um, and, and rising that Lou is talking about is really an incredible you know, uptick um, for us and allows us to sort of get back to um, engaging the congregation, engaging in the community, all the things that we want to do um, now that we're kind of stabilized and coming out on the other end. Um, there are a few other sort of numbers in your, um, in your letter that you'll see. We started the year with a cash position of 252. Um, we continue to be a financially healthy church um, and so we are, you know, continuing to stay on the right track there. Um, I think so. So we have a plan to deliver a balanced budget again this year. Um, we've been able to continue and sustain our mission giving and giving to our partners in the community, um, even through these really challenging couple of years. So that's something we're really proud of as well. Um, so I think that's it. Unless did I miss anything. I want to make sure, are there any questions for, for Lou? Hi, Hank. Speak loudly. The loan. Okay. That sure. Um, so we do have um, a loan that we took out to complete the work that was planned for Roots and Wings. Um, it is a million dollars, and we have budgeted in our current operating budget. We are paying principal. We are paying interest. Um, all of that is sort of baked into our current financial plan. Um, at, as a session, I think that that continues to be top of mind for us and looking at the long-term view for that and how we continue to, to satisfy it and, and pay that debt off, to be honest. Um, but currently, we are paying principal, we are paying interest, and all of that is budgeting in and not, um, is not hurting our current financial position. Does that answer your question? Okay. Thank you for that, Hank. Are there other questions? Grateful to your crew for this good work. Thank you so much. I invite um, our leaders from the worship group forward. Suzanne Newsom. 
Next on deck will be congregational life. I did bring a whole book, but it's only a page, okay? So, um, and I'm, I'm not going to name all the names that are listed because I know that you all can read them, and I express so much gratitude to all of them um, in this past year. The worship group celebrates the wide variety of our services held in 2021. We were indoors and outdoors, online and in person. We had an ordination, baptisms, memorial services. We had three Christmas Eve celebrations. I think that's a record. <sighs> And we did this with new hymnals, too, so that was also exciting. Um, in our commitment to engagement and stability, we ask you to say yes. We ask you to say yes to praying for our pastors and our staff, some of whom are in here right now and some of whom are other places in this building. We ask you to say yes to ushering. We ask you to say yes to preparing communion, to sharing your musical abilities, to helping with Advent decorations and preparations, to providing tech support. I'm smiling up there. Thank you very much. And um, say yes to listening for God's will in your life as an active participant in worship. Thank you so much to all the people who have helped us in the past year and to all the people who will help us in the future. Thank you. There are questions for Suzanne and the worship group. Thank you, Suzanne. Are you doing the congregational life report? Okay, here comes Ashley. Good morning. Um, so something that we are celebrating over this past year, um, one of the big things is we uh, have 18 new members who joined in the middle of COVID, who trusted this process in, in this congregation, in this community enough um, to call us their church home, which is really wonderful. Um, and they are a wonderfully committed group of individuals. And secondly, one of our biggest goals was to be able to gather, period, um, and to do it safely. And we were still able to have our spring picnic, um, uh, rally day, and our Christmas lunch. So for those, we are incredibly grateful. Um, but this year, our ministry is going to focus on re-engagement and hospitality. So that's from visitors to new members to current members. Um, our goal is to create a welcoming and inviting space as you come on to campus each Sunday and opportunities for fellowship on the lawn after following worship. Uh, we are reimagining our events this year. We are hopefully maybe looking to do some potlucks if we can do it safely um, and ways that we can invite greater participation maybe with folks in our neighborhood um, and encouraging that kind of engagement. We are also interested in what is important to you all as individuals in the congregation and whether that's helping you get plugged in in a new way, um, filling your cup, so to speak, and whether that's simply joining members for a time of fellowship, 
um, a mission project, going on a youth trip this summer, making a casserole for one of our meal trains. Um, we want to know what, in what ways you would like to be um, participants in our community this year. And just to make sure that you all feel engaged as well. So we encourage you guys to be on the lookout for dates. So please read the emails, check your church notes, um, the stuff we are posting on social media. It will all be in there for fellowship events. And some of us might be reaching out for personal invitations, um, simply just to invite you and, and members who are with us online um, just to come worship with us. So we hope you will feel invited in those ways. Thank you. Any questions? Thank you, Ashley. Our Child Development Center, Sam Pfeiffer. And then mission is up. Good morning. We uh, have been in survival mode um, for the past two years at the CDC. For anyone that has young kids, um, it has been very inconsistent and we have had lots of closures, um, but I am confident now with the recent update to the toolkit and decrease in cases that we are moving from surviving to thriving. Um, Clark couldn't be here today, but I'd like to give him a special shout out. His steadfast leadership during this turbulent time has been a true blessing, um, and I'm thankful for his leadership and guidance through the past, um, especially the past year with everything that's been going on. As we look to the future, we're really focused on re-engagement, and we're looking at a few tangible goals on how we can achieve engagement and thrive. One of those is really to maintain and rebuild the connection between the board and the church. So with elders and other members participating on the board um, to make sure that we are fulfilling our commitment to the CDC. We also wanna rebuild community. We haven't been able to go inside. We haven't been able to engage with other parents. Um, we wanna rebuild that community with the parents, with the school and with the church. Um, we also want to retain our teachers and devoted staff. Um, it's been tough for them, too. And lastly, we want to make space for strategic planning for what's next. We've been so in the moment and surviving from moment to moment that we haven't made the space to talk about what's next in the next five years, ten years. Like, what does that look like? Um, and overall, I'm excited for what's next, and I look forward to helping in the next chapter at the CDC. Thank you, Sam. Are there any questions for the CDC for Sam? Thank you. We're excited too. Uh, the mission group is Chris Barr will report, and then Christian education after that. So, good morning, everybody. So, very similar to um, Lou in the uh, the our stewardship campaign, where we are trying to recruit um, everybody to participate. We're similarly in mission looking to recruit everybody in mission. We've got an amazing team, and I want to share some highlights. We were super active last year. You know, everybody last year, we, everybody starts the conversation in talking about a pandemic year. But I'll rest assured that the mission group was super active in 2021, and I want to share some highlights. And all the ways that uh, all of the folks in here and a lot of folks that are online have shared their talents and resources in our effort to love our neighbors. Well, Emily stole a little bit of the thunder, but uh, my number one thing that I wanted to share to that everybody in this room should be excited about was our ability to be able to fulfill all of our um, planned financial gifts to our ministry partners. I think that deserves 
an applause, a round of applause. Given all the uncertainty that has gone in this past year, that really is something that everybody should feel proud about. As most, as you, most of you know, our mission group is, is founded around children in need, hunger, and homelessness. So I'm going to share a little bit of the highlights in some of those different areas. In the children in need, one of our single biggest investments has been around GEP. Uh, as many, as you know, many of you know, that's the Greater Enrichment Program. And as a, as a reminder, it is a program that provides after-school enrichment for Montclair and is provided free of charge to Montclair students and families. This program was established by Selwyn via a $130,000 gift that came from our 75th anniversary fund. This is our third year in that, uh, with that program, and it's still growing and th thriving as strong as ever. A couple highlights from the year. Uh, we hired a site coordinator named Sarah Luna. Sarah Luna is a Spanish-speaking um, uh, lady who has a true passion for the role uh, and the children and the program continues to grow. As a reminder, we hosted 25 students in our fellowship hall last year when it was shut down for COVID, when their school was shut down for COVID. The kids are back to school this year and we are expecting 60 and up to 100 students as part of the GEP program. An amazing accomplishment and growth. Beyond GEP, Selwyn members Ellen Harris and Denise Benino have continued to share the spirit, the Selwyn spirit, with our families at Montclair. A couple of highlights in that area, we've provided several staff appreciation luncheons. We provided holiday gifts for staff. The mission tree was again another big success in providing classroom items. We've got ongoing tutoring near weekly from members of Selwyn, and we even provided 12 tickets to the Mayo Bowl um, for the families of Montclair. In the area of hunger, uh, I'll provide you a couple of numbers, but thanks to your uh, Sunday food drive, we've delivered over 80 bags of food to the families of Montclair. In addition, we packed 1,600 lunches for our neighbors at Roof Above. In the area of homelessness, Room in the Inn, we were again able to meet thanks to Michelle Bentley's steadfast leadership. The year of last year's hiatus is going strong this year. We have limited the number of homeless neighbors that we were able to provide for to provide social distancing, but we are going to run through the end of March and we'll still have been able to um, reach 125 homeless neighbors each Monday night and providing them with a cell and hospitality of a warm meal, safe housing, and a to-go lunch. Habitat for Humanity, we again participated in the Habitat Build, and with our partners at the Charlotte Church Partners, we were able to provide a completion of a home this year. Welcome Home Kits by Nan Howard, the Mission Tree continues to provide items for those Welcome Home kids, Kits for those that are moving out of homelessness and into stable housing. So in summary, Selwyn, I'd like to share that the Selwyn spirit is alive and thriving. And before we leave, I'd like to provide a personal charge and goal in our um, mission to engage and connect. We, uh, first of all, we sincerely appreciate everybody, again, everybody's participation in mission this past year. But we would, again, make the charge for everybody that's available to engage and connect. As you have heard, there's uh, many ways that we are touching the community and our partners, and we'd love for you to be part of it.
Thank you, Chris. Are there any questions for mission? Thank you so much and to the whole team. Uh, last but not least, Christian education and formation. It's Allison Tubb. Good morning. So glad to see all your faces. I feel so overwhelmed. It must be um, God is really at work in this place. Um, the Christian Education and Formation Committee is so excited to see you here. We are going to celebrate the gatherings of the past that we've been able to have over this past fall and winter. Um, while we had to adapt to COVID as we were sort of getting a roll and, you know, Delta and Omicron sort of threw some wrenches, we um, have had a dedicated group of facilitators and teachers that have managed to keep the 930 hour going. Um, we met to learn and discuss what it means to be known by heart in the scriptures, the prophets of the Old Testament, and about revitalizing our church in the world. Margo will continue to faithfully lead our youth from middle school to high school. She has shown her care and devotion throughout the confirmation season for those eighth graders, and will continue to see them through Lent and beyond to the summer. And I think a lot of you eighth, eighth grade and younger have received some Lenten packages um, that are going to inspire this whole season of thoughtfulness as we look uh, to, the, to the death and resurrection of our Lord. Nancy has lovingly guided our youngest children uh, each week through activities and children's chapel to connect them to the Bible stories we cherish and is looking forward to summer vi um, vacation Bible school and more. Uh, we look ahead to gathering with great hope to reconnect as a people of faith. We are actively working um, through plans and structures to meet the needs of all of our congregants and make you certain that you have found a place in either the 930 hour or in Bible studies. There's a Wednesday Daughters of Faith, a Wednesday evening Daughters of Faith, a pastor's Bible study, a men's group, and I really do want to encourage you to reach out to me with either topics or books of the Bible. Um, please feel free to make suggestions at any time to one of the pastors, to myself, um, Janice Finan, Charlie Harris, um, I, I'm going to forget all the members of our amazing committee, but bring all of your hopes and ideas for that hour to, to your attention. The pastoral staff has been bursting with creativity and hopeful imagination for the Lenten series that's upcoming, so I hope you will plan to be here and engage in that fully. Um, we're excited to continuing and developing and formulating plans to engage our community going forward. You are invited. You are invited in every way and in every way that you can and just name a time and we can try to meet you in that time. It's very important to us that uh, the scriptures be taught and received and loved as we see this world that needs our Christian faith and our lives actively um, involved in it. So with that, any questions for me? Whew. Thank you, Allison. <laughs> okay, we have one final order of business, and that is a report from Alyssa Sharp, who is one of the co-chairs of our nominating com committee. As she moves forward, uh, it's required by the polity of our denomination that we have a congregational meeting to elect a new class of elders each year. Here at Selwyn, we have 27 adult elders, and they're divided into three classes of nine, and one additional youth elder that serves a one-year term. To this end, congregations should elect persons of wisdom and maturity of faith, having demonstrated skills and leadership and being compassionate in spirit. So this year, um, I know that Alyssa will list the people who served on the nominating committee 
and I'm grateful to their leadership and their discernment as they present to you a full slate. I will note that also, according to the polity of our church, uh, we will open the floor for additional nominations. Um, we also, whoever you might nominate from the floor needs to know you're doing that and, ha and be ready to serve. <laughs> if that happens, we'll probably postpone the vote for two weeks so that we can prepare a slate for vote. Okay, Alyssa. All right, good morning. Uh, over the last two months, the nominating committee has been working really hard to gather a group of elders to join in the leadership of the church um, who are very eager and committed to re-engaging the congregation as we move forward and celebrate being together again, as well as setting a broad vision for the future. So this is my third year serving on the nominating committee, and it is really an honor to be part of this process as we um, gather. Thank you. <laughs> um, the leadership of the church is just very exciting. Um, I want to say thank you to the nominating committee that joined this year, as well as Lou Apel, our co-chair. Um, so those on the committee um, who spent the last two weeks meet, or last two months meeting weekly um, and discussing the leadership of the church are Lou Wapel, Bobby Hankins, Carrie Tom, Lee Bobbitt, Chris Barr, Tate Hatcher, Julie Harris, and Samantha Piper. So thank you all so much for your All right, so in your handout are these beautiful, colorful photos of our um, class of 2025. Um, I think we have done an, an outstanding job gathering a group of leaders that are going to set bold vision and lead us into the future. So they are Grant Armistead, Roy Koppelman, John Barkley, Bobby Yerkatat, Hannah King, Christy Horn, Susan Lemon, Tracy Northen, Libby Guinan, and Althea Muldrew serving as youth elder. All right. Are there any questions or discussion about the slate as it stands, or are there additional nominations? There's a motion then on the table. Do I hear a motion? There's one. Is there a second? Andy Wirtz. Okay. All those in favor of um, nominating this class of 2025 for study an examination by the session. If approved, then they would be um, presented for ordination and installation on May 15th. All those in favor, say aye. Aye. All those opposed? The motion carries. Thank you very much. Um, if you, for those on the slate, would you all please stand? I know some of you are here. Hannah, Tracy, Libby. It's an exciting time in the life of our church, and I'm grateful to all of you all for being here. I'll pray, and we'll close the meeting out. Holy God, may the peace which surpasses all understanding, which has its source within, within the very nature of who you are, God, the Son, and the Spirit, may it be with us as we meet and as we move out into the world. May it still our souls and join our hearts as one. May the gentle whisper of this peace that you offer speak to us as we move out into the world. And may the word of God become the message of our lives as we leave this place. Amen. Thank you all. For those of you who'd like to stay for the listening session, stay put. And everyone else, we'll see you next week. We'll see you Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. Amen.